Viking fans, and welcome to the Viking ship with Purple Mafia. Today is Sunday, the 9th of November, 2008. This is episode number 18 of Purple Mafia, and we are ready to rock and roll once again, as what a game it truly was today. The Vikings defeat the Green Bay Packers 28-27 to in one of the great games of the season, and it was a total pleasure to see this game, at least in terms of who won the game. That's the most exciting part. That's the best part, at least for us here on the west side of the border battle, the west side. But first and foremost, I want to thank each and every one of you for downloading and listening to this show, Purple Mafia, which is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. If you have not subscribed to me on iTunes, please do. And if you have not become a member on the sportstuff.com message boards, please become one. On the front page of the website, there's a button in the upper right-hand corner that says TSS Boards. Click on that. You'll be prompted to sign up, and please do. It is 100% free and 100% fun, as more and more members have been hopping in along with more and more shows, which is fantastic. This site is growing in a big way. And, of course, you're also welcome to vote on the polls for the shows in the podcast section. We usually have polls for our episodes of our shows. Uh, today I'm not going to have a poll for my show just because I said so. No, <laughs> But um, speaking of polls, well, well, we have a new president. He is President-elect Barack Obama. Now, I talked about this on the other two shows, but being they are of the Minnesota Timberwolves and Minnesota Wild, some of you may not listen to those shows or may not know about them either way. Um, so I'm going to make my comment on this show as well. Now, first and foremost, I didn't vote for Barack Obama because I am, I guess, what you could call a Ron Paul Republican. I believe in the Ron Paul Revolution. That is where I stand. But I want to offer my support to Barack Obama and my congratulations to him and to all of you out there, which there are obviously quite a few of you being he won in such a landslide, who supported him. I want to congratulate all of you on the victory, on this historic victory for Barack Hussein Obama, who will be our 44th president. He is in our prayers, and we will support him as the president of the United States. And I personally am optimistic for the future. I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued. So we'll just see what happens. Uh, well, with the Vikings win today and a 5-4 and four record, there just might not be a regime change with the Vikings. We'll see. Though I'm sure a lot of you would like the word change <laughs> in the Vikings administration. So we'll see what happens. But with that, we're going to get on to the episode. Cause this intro's run a little bit long, but hey, it's election year. So now that I got that out of the way, sorry. We'll be back after this announcement. Here on thesportstuff.com, we're bursting in blue with Timberwolves Explosion. Timberwolves fans, your show has arrived at last as we bring in a new era with Al Jefferson, Kevin Love, and Mike Miller. We're available on thesportstuff.com and also available on iTunes. Download and listen to in-depth and detailed coverage of your favorite team, Show your true blue and join this explosion of Timberwolves basketball. And 
And we are back here on Purple Mafia, again, episode number 18 for iPod users who just might not be able to know which episode number it is. There it is, episode number 18, The Border Battle, The Vikings and Packers. And this was the first time the Packers come to the Dome without Brett Favre since 1991. Mike McCarthy, by the way, is 11-3 and versus the NFC North coming into this game. That is an amazing record, absolutely amazing, and uh, what a success rate he has had. And, uh, yeah, 5-0 oh, uh, and oh against the Minnesota Vikings. 5-0 and oh against Brad Childress, anyway, as, uh, yeah, that battle has been quite one-sided until today. <laughs> and the number one, the one in five now that Brad Childress is against Mike McCarthy, the one stands strong, as that's how many points the Vikings won by today. Unbelievable. Um, Green Bay wins the coin toss, but the Viking defense stops Green Bay's first offensive series as Jordy Nelson and Aaron Rodgers couldn't connect on a long third down play. Charles Gordon has a nice 20-yard punt return to get the Vikings in good field position to start the first series. And that has been a, that was a strength for the Minnesota Vikings throughout the game today. Good field position. Imagine that. The Vikings could use that once in a while. Now, the Vikings' offense moves with timely completions, and Adrian Peterson's second effort on a third and short gets the Vikings into the red zone, where the Vikings have the third-fewest touchdowns in the NFL this year so far. But thankfully, this time the Vikings were able to score a touchdown as Farad hits Sidney Rice on third and goal, and Rice's second straight game with a touchdown, and his third overall this year on only five total catches this year. So the Vikings are up 7 to nothing. And, uh, yeah, remember that old saying, as I said last week, all he does is catch touchdowns that Buddy Ryan used to say about Chris Carter. Whew! Sidney Rice has made five catches with three touchdowns. So all he does is catch touchdowns. That's pretty much the fact right now, but, hey, (laughs) sooner or later you know that Sidney Rice is going to break through again. Unfortunately, he made one catch today, which was more than the amount of catches Bernard Berrien made today. Bernard Berrien did not make a catch. And that is after the, <laughs> and right when I put the title on episode number 17, that Farad and Berrien are like kindred spirits the way they have connected this year. I mean, what a beautiful thing. It's the best thing since Culpepper to Moss, and, and it really has been until today. Nothing. Zip nada. So that sucks, but oh well. Now again, the Vikings defense looked good again on the, on the uh, following drive is Napoleon Harris, number 99 now, not 58, as that number was taken away by E.J. Henderson before he got hurt. <clears throat> but, yeah, anyway, makes his present felt with a sack and showing he's still got it, along with Brian Robinson getting a sack on the very next play, forcing the Packers to punt. Unfortunately, the Packers defense then makes a statement as Charles Woodson gets his fifth interception this year when he picks off Gus Ferrat on the first play of the next series, giving the Packers the ball on the Vikings. 48. And now the Packers' offense is turned here, folks, as they wake up as Ryan Grant breaks through with a big gain. Then Rodgers hits Greg Jennings for a 15-yard gain, who then fumbles, but luckily for the Packers, Donald Driver recovered the ball. And that's not the first time that Donald Driver came up big, and we'll get into that later. The Packers' drive then ends with two runs by Ryan Gant, who got in the end zone to tie the game 7-7. to The Vikings' drive, though, following, the following drive, that is, looked done until Al Harris was flagged for illegal contact, 
giving us the first down. Chester Taylor has been a go-to guy when we need a first down by making a catch and runs, by making catch and runs, basically, to move the chains <laughs> as he gets yet another to end the first quarter. Vikings ultimately, though, get stopped by Green Bay at the 37, the Green Bay 37, but Ryan Longwell continues to amaze as he nails a 54-yarder to make it 10-7 to Vikings. The following drive, Kevin Williams knocks the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands in their own end zone, who then pick up some, picks up the ball and flings it wildly. He just flung it like, whoop, get it out of here, get out of here, like like it's basketball or something. I don't know what he was thinking. Um, and it's then called an illegal pass, but really could have been called intentional grounding. But either way, you know, Troy Aikman was talking about that. But the Vikings then get a rare safety. The Vikings got a safety. Wow. Making it 12-7 to Vikings. Is That's obviously a really strange score. Um, unfortunately, though, the Vikings are stopped. But when Cluey's punt is caught in the end zone, Will Blackman gets gutty and tries to make a run and then is stopped at the 9, drawing the ire of Coach McCarthy. Packers then are stopped partially by a questionable holding call on Donald Driver. Unfortunately, though, Charles Gordon then is hurt on the punt return on what appears to be a serious ankle or foot injury. I think he had to be carted off the field. And lots of Packers and Vikings were very concerned and uh, classy, though, how they all came over and wished him the best of luck, patting him on the back and stuff. Uh, it's a shame. Charles Gordon is a valuable guy. He's obviously not perfect, but he's a very valuable guy. And, uh, you know, now thoughts and prayers are with him, Charles Gordon, the person, and his his health, hoping he can return speedily and uh, he'll be able to re- resume his career to the best of his ability. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens, I guess, with that. Peterson, by the way, in his career, Adrian Peterson, that is, as you probably guessed, is averaging 117 yards per game at home in his career, putting him with the all-time greats in that category. So that's a number definitely to look at with the Minnesota Vikings and Adrian Peterson when they're at home. Very intriguing stuff that came up during the game today. But, yeah, speaking of great, the Vikings get their second safety of the first half when Jared Allen blows through the Green Bay line to sack Aaron Rodgers in the end zone for his eighth sack, making it a more solid 14-7 to Vikings lead with 44 seconds to go in the first half. So that's the good news. That's the good news. But uh, after a few run plays that annoyed the home crowd, Farrat then threw in Barry's direction, but, in, but unfortunately behind Barry, and the pass was behind him. Farrat was not very accurate today, by the way which then was picked off by Tremont Williams, giving the Packers an unexpected chance to get some last-second points, which they got on a 47-yard field goal by Mason Crosby to make it 14-10 to Vikings at the half. So that's where things took a turn for the worse there. Um, but it, it could be better. I mean, excuse me, it could be worse overall. I mean, at least they didn't get a touchdown. Well, we'll get to that later. You know, that's a little hint for you, unfortunately. Um but now to look at the half, a little mini-summary, I guess you could say. The running game was working a heck of a lot better in the first half than the passing game, as Peterson had 80 yards and 14 carries for about 6 yards a carry, whereas Farad had only 47 yards, completing only 7 of 15 passes with a with one touchdown and two interceptions. So not good news there at all. But um, I guess it could be worse. 
as, uh, you know, it, both pretty much Farratt's, uh, completion percentage and a quarterback rating were both in the 40s. So there you go. That just tells he's not having a very good game. But we'll digress. As now in the second half, as I said, Chester Taylor was doing a great job moving the chains on those little underneath passes. But on this particular catch, he breaks multiple tackles and goes the distance on a 47-yard catch and run to make it 21-10 to Vikings with 10-31 to go. And this is the point that you think, here we go, the Vikings are going to pull away. And this is going to be one of those games where we're just going to be like, oh, yeah, this was this was the Vikings' day. The Vikings were due to kick the Packers, but, you know, it's a home game. Let's just have some fun here. Oh, boy. But things kind of start to take a turn for the worse here pretty quick, pretty quick. The Packers are snuffed in the following drive, though, when Chad Greenway sacks Aaron Rodgers for a 12-yard loss. After a false start penalty, or and after a false start penalty, excuse me, the Packers can't convert on third and 19. So after the Vikings start with good field position, they get little done. And then Longwell comes up with a rare miss on a 48-yard attempt. But guess what, folks? Gus Farratt. See, this is when things start to change, as Gus Harad does it again. Now, there you go again. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to throw that in there again. Little politics, little politics. Nah, I'm kidding. But, yeah, Tavares Jackson-like play by Gus Farad, getting his third interception of the game. This one to Nick Collins, who returns it 59 yards for a touchdown. And all of a sudden, it's 21-17 to Vikings. Green Bay is number one in the NFL in points from takeaways, and it showed today, and that's for dang sure. And it gets worse, folks. It gets worse. Here we go again, as I'm sure anyone wearing purple was saying when Will Blackman returned Chloe's punt 65 yards to Paydirt for what seems to be the 99th touchdown. Our kick coverage has given up this year. I mean, it really feels like it, doesn't it? The Packers scored 14 points in less than two minutes, folks, to completely change the face of this game and taking a 24-21 to lead. So all that kumbaya stuff is gone, and now it's time to get serious, folks. It's time to get serious here. After the Vikings, not surprisingly, are snuffed, though, once again, Ryan Grant runs right through the Vikings line for 14 yards on the final play of the third quarter, setting the stage for the fourth quarter. Setting the stage, folks. But right when you thought the Vikings stopped the Packers, Jared Allen flagged for roughing the quarterback, keeping the drive alive. Thankfully, though, that's all the farther Green Bay would get. Thank God that that was all they would get, as uh, we pretty much got lucky there. <laughs> the way things were going for the Packers, I mean, I thought, here we go. It's going to be like 30, 34-21, to 21, and then instead it's going to go completely the other direction, and we're going to be chanting Fire Childress all night long. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you just love that? No, probably not. The Vikings, well, this is where you can start talking about firing Childress again, as the Vikings then are stopped on their, on their 41, not the Packers 41, but their 41, making it fourth and one. The spot was challenged by Childress, and, uh, well, the spot was confirmed by the refs, so that means, well, the play didn't change, and the Vikings lose a timeout. Uh, after getting basically harassed by Adrian Peterson on the sidelines, a very emotional, in your face, Adrian Peterson at this point in time of the game, wanting Childress, begging him to go for it. They do go for it. 
But guess what? Peterson basically goes backwards and then fumbles the ball, but then the ruling is that Green Bay gets the ball on the 41. Just flat-out loss it down, and the ball is on our 41. Fortunately, now this is where the Vikings got real lucky. The Vikings were able to stop the Packers in the 22, thank God. But, hey, not surprisingly, Crosby converts on a 40-yard field goal to make it 27-21 to Green Bay. On the following drive, though, this was the statement of statements. And this is where the star of stars, as <laughs> the star of stars, as David Stern, the NBA commissioner, would say, Adrian Peterson today was the star of stars as he <laughs> absolutely took over the game right here. Because on the following drive, the emotional, passionate, and go get him. Adrian Peterson led the Vikings with big plays after the catch and blowing through Packer defenders on rushes as he nears the 200-yard mark on a defining 29-yard touchdown run to put the Vikings up 28-27. to 28-27. to This was with about 2.22 left in the game. Um, obviously, there was concern all over the place because, hey, <laughs> 2.22 is a hell of a lot of time to score, folks for the Green Bay Packers. Um, but the Vikings defense can play. You gotta remember that. They can play. They're not, they're not too bad. They're not the 98 defense. <laughs> or, well, I shouldn't even go there. How, let's say the 2002 defense or whatever. Oh my god. Talking about bad memories. But, um, wouldn't you know though? Wouldn't you know when it's these two teams playing or just whenever the Vikings are playing with a teeny tiny lead against a, Somewhat decent quarterback and somewhat decent offense that something wacky would happen on the following drive. Yeah, it did. When Ellis, when Ellis Wims deflected Rogers' pass in the air, so he knocked it upward, unfortunately. I was like, come on, come on, purple jerseys, come down, please, come on. Somebody with the purple jersey, just pick it off and we can get out of here with the win. No, Donald Driver would bring it in for a 19-yard gain. And all of a sudden, they're at the Vikings 40. Now, remember, we were only up by one point, right? A simple field goal, and the game's going to be pretty much over, and the Packers are going to win. Mm-hmm. That totally sucked. <laughs> but uh, here's where the Vikings defense made the stand, and they were able to stop the Crackers at the 34, thank God. And Crosby is sets up from 52 yards out. The kick is up. And it slices just wide to the right. And the Vikings pull off their biggest win of the year by far and are now 5-4 and four and tied with Chicago atop the division. Of course, Chicago owning the tiebreaker for now because of that 48-41 to victory a few weeks back. But, hey, we are atop the division with the Chicago Bears, who, by the way, lost today. That's why we're tied. Lost to the still undefeated Tennessee Titans. I mean, what is up with those Tennessee Titans? <laughs> that is unbelievable how they continue to rock and roll. But Chicago did play very respectable football today. I'll just look at that game super-duper quick before I talk about Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Um, <laughs> that's the next Vikings opponent, and that is not going to be easy at all. Playing in Tampa Bay for the Vikings historically has been virtually fatal. Uh, you know, <laughs> I just, it's not been fun at all. I mean, I've seen 28-point uh, leads go up in smoke there back in the old days when Tampa Bay sucked. So what does that tell you? But, yeah, Titans are 9-0. and And once again, they edge another division rival. Last week it was Green Bay. This week it's Chicago. 21-14. to The Bears are 5-4. and 
Um, Rex Grossman is the quarterback for the Bears right now. Only one interception, so that's good. He did get a touchdown passing and rushing. So he wasn't too bad, but certainly not great. A quarterback rating of 64.4, so it's kind of to a point of beating the Bears, even though the Packers still very much a threat in this division. The only team that isn't are the Detroit Lions, who I'll just talk about super-duper quick because I like to do a little division review. I'm going to pretty much do that instead of NFL uh, roundup. And now we talked about the 9-0 and Tennessee Titans. They're undefeated. Well, now we get the undefeating Detroit Lions, who are 0-9 who got trounced today by the struggling and uh, divided Jacksonville Jaguars, who are 4-5 and five only, even though they won 38-14 to 14 today. Um, there's a lot of infighting going on with the Jacksonville Jaguars, so many reports say. Um, young running back Kevin Smith stepped up great for Detroit, 23 rushes, 96 yards, and a touchdown. But Moose, no, no, I'm just kidding. Maurice Jones drew, though, 70 yards and three touchdowns. He breaks through big time as Fred Taylor earlier in the year said it's finally time for Maurice Jones-Drew to take over. Fred Taylor didn't exactly suck, though. He got 18 rushes, so he got the ball more, and he did get 80 yards. So Fred Taylor, a factor. He's at least a factor, and that's what counts. But real quick, let's talk about Dante Culvepper. He completed 5 of 10 passes, 50%. Wahoo, he threw an interception. There's the biggest surprise of the year. Um, mm-hmm. 104 yards, so that's your line for Dante Culpepper. Uh, Stanton also got to play, completed, completed six of eight passes with a touchdown and a quarterback rating of 153. So we'll see what happens over there. Um, hard to say what's going on over in Detroit right now. It makes little to no sense as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Kelvin Johnson with 92 yards, two catches. Oh, goody, 51-yard catch, and I guess so. Very long catch as well to go along. Another 41-yard catch. So that's great, but we'll move on from that. So there's your NFC North division review. Not Central. I mentioned Central accidentally when I was talking about the um, Viking game against the Carolina Panthers earlier in the year on YouTube. So, yeah, whatever. <laughs> NFC North. We know. We know. All right, so I'm going to take a real quick break, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Tampa Bay Bucks right after this. Here on the SportsStuff.com, we're toughing up on Brave the Wild with Paladino. Join me, Paladino, as we brave the Minnesota Wild Hockey Club on our way to the playoffs. We're available on the SportsStuff.com and iTunes. The boogeyman, Derek Bugard, says you'd better listen or he just might drop the gloves. Call up your courage and brave the wild with your buddy, Paladino Joey. And we are back here on Purple Mafia. We're going to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Minnesota Vikings. We'll play them. Next week, they are 6-3, and three, second in the extremely competitive NFC South. Some people at one point called this the worst team in the, or the worst division in football. Are you nuts? No, that's pretty much my comment to those people. 6-2 and two Carolina Panthers, 6-3 and three Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 5-3 and three Atlanta Falcons, and the 4-4 four and four New Orleans Saints running up to the bottom. I believe they are now 5-4, and four, though, after losing two. The ever talented, 
Atlanta Falcons today. Yes, they did lose today to the Atlanta Falcons. And are, uh, yep, now 4-5. and five. Oh, goody, they lost 34-20. to 20. So, yeah, I'll get off that topic right away. We are here to talk about the Buccaneers, who are still coached by Chucky. I mean, um, John Gruden, who I'm a giant fan of, by the way. I mean, I really am. Uh, this team still has a deadly defense. They still have Jeff Garcia. They still have Brian Greasy, or at least they got him back. Uh, I like Brian Greasy a lot, but Jeff Garcia has been the better quarterback this year with five touchdowns, three interceptions, quarterback rating of 90. Uh, yeah, 1,363 yards in only six games. That's pretty good numbers, actually, for an old, um, fruity-sounding guy. <laughs> um Ernest Graham is a pretty dangerous running back, but not the best running back I've ever seen or anything. Though they have a tandem there, just like we do. Warwick Dunn also almost as many yards. He actually averages more yards per carry, but doesn't have as many touchdowns. Ernest Graham with 560 and 4. Warwick Dunn with 423 and 1. Um, Warwick Dunn hasn't fumbled once this year. Ernest Graham has fumbled twice. Mm, could be worse. But overall, this is a pretty Pretty dangerous team. They got three receivers I could see as a potential threat going into this game. Antonio Bryant, who is still playing. Ike Hilliard, who is still playing. I mean, yeah, these guys have been around for a little while. Uh, Antonio Bryant's not that old, I guess. No, I just he seems older than he is. He's actually two years younger than me. But yeah, 566 yards, two touchdowns. He's always a threat. Uh, uh, inconsistent though over his career. Ike Hilliard, who is former New York Giant, been pretty valuable guy. Over his career, um, he's got 281 catches and three touchdowns. Now, this guy is a little bit older. He is 32 years old. So, uh, but a nice veteran. He's not a guy who's ever really been a superstar, but he's, he plays his role and he does it well. And that's the way Tampa, that's what kind of receivers Tampa Bay has had over their run, pretty much, other than Keyshawn Johnson, who uh, just underachieved and acted like an idiot. Michael Clayton, who was a solid first-round pick a few years back, hasn't really been the player I expected him to be, but he's he's having an okay season with 253 yards and 24 receptions. Nothing really scary overall, but when you have a quarterback in Jeff Garcia who's playing well, this team is ever dangerous. Uh, it's a pretty emotional football team, aggressive. They have an emotional coach who likes to get in it. <laughs> I remember him hurling FU bombs at Roy Williams when the Cowboys uh, were taunting the Bucks pretty much a few uh, two weeks ago, or a week ago, I believe it was. Uh, no, it was two weeks ago. Yep, that 9 to th- 13 to 9 loss at Dallas. Yeah, I hate the Cowboys, and I didn't blame Gruden there. As Roy Williams' first game was just acting like a jackass. What a surprise. But, uh, yeah, I'm extremely concerned going into this game. And, uh... <laughs> I have little to no confidence going into this game, if you want my honest opinion. Do you, do you really see Brad Childress beating John Gruden? I don't know about that, man. I, I, I really don't. It's like Glass Joe going against Mike Tyson in Mike Tyson's punch-out right now, at least the way it looks at this point. Uh, that's at least Childress versus Gruden. The Vikings are a lot more competitive team than Childress is a coach, I think. <laughs> so it's up to the players. Thank God it's still a player's uh, league. So we'll just have to see what happens. Bernard Berrien better catch some passes, and uh, Ferrat needs to play better than he did today. He really does. He plays like anything like he did today in Tampa Bay. It will be a blowout and uh, of astronomical proportions with this defense in Tampa Bay, who never 
are bad. I mean, they've had a couple of drops. They're 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 not the team defensively they were years ago, but they still are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they always will be defensively because Tony Dungy put his uh, stamp on that franchise that it will never leave the defense. So um, we're just gonna have to see what happens. Of course, the multiple running backs and multiple receivers that can get it done. So that's the way it's gonna go. And uh, right now, I'm predicting the a uh, oh boy, hate to do this, guys. I'm gonna say 27 to 21 Tampa. All right, 27 to 21 Tampa. So we'll see if I'm right or wrong. It's up to you what you think. Uh, again, as I said, no poll this week. I just don't feel like doing one, and um, not been happy with the lack of reaction on those polls. Uh, hope to see more reaction when I do get the polls back up going again. Um, Timberwolves explosion polls have been great, but again, most importantly, you fans have been great. I do appreciate the solid ratings for this show. Please tell a friend about Purple Mafia, encourage them to listen and to subscribe on iTunes and to sign up on the message boards and TSS boards, thesportstuff.com. Also a way to get there besides the little button on the upper right-hand corner, the other way to get there is the sportspodcasters.com forward slash boards, the sportspodcasters.com forward slash boards. Feel free to email me, paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com, and even check out my YouTube if you like to uh, see some of my entertaining video game reviews and Viking uh, game reviews. And I haven't been doing too many lately, but I put a lot of work into the ones that I've done. It is youtube.com forward slash paladin joe, youtube.com forward slash paladin joe, or just type in paladino live in the search and you'll eventually find what you're looking for. But again, I thank each and every one of you for listening. I hope the Vikings can overachieve and defeat the Bucks and go six and four. We'll see what happens. But until then, I'm out. 